Give me that bottle. Well, hey, I'm back. Hello and welcome to Outlandish, the podcast where we boldly explore the wild world of sex and relationships, the good stuff and the bad. I'm Lisa Nash. And I'm Melanie Cameron. Each episode, we look at the hot topics everyone's talking about in the media. Expect lots of laughs, a whole load of real talk mixed in with some super special guests. And this week, we've got Lucy Beresford joining us, a broadcaster, a psychotherapist, and we cannot wait to get her involved in all of this madness. So, it's the perfect moment to grab a bottle of wine, pour a glass, relax and indulge in your weekly guilty pleasure. So we'd like to introduce our guest for this week, uh, Lucy Beresford. Thank you so much for joining us here on Outlandish. My pleasure. Um, it's so lovely to meet you. Um, now, Lisa and I know lots about you, but for our listeners... <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> for our listeners... We can, do our research. We Lucy. do. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about you and what you do in your background? I am a psychotherapist and a broadcaster and I work clinically one-to-one with people uh, who've been largely in relationship difficulties because I think actually relationships are the cornerstone of pretty much everything. So even if people come to me with a work dilemma, invariably it traces back to relationships. Um, and I do a lot of corporate work and I, as I say, I do a lot of broadcasting. So I had a sex and relationship show on LBC, which is what a lot of people know me for and being the agony aunt on ITVs this morning. And now I do a lot of work at Talk TV and Times Radio. It's amazing. Do you know what we've been saying on the last couple of episodes that we need somebody to come in and give us some real good advice about relationships and how... Um, asking for a friend, of course. Yes. Yes. Always, Always asking, asking for, a for a friend. Do you know, and there's no one more qualified than Lucy, so this yeah. is brilliant. Um, we'll try not to make any of this personal. <laughs> um, and actually, I think I just want to touch back on what you just said because I think you're so right that inevitably most things lead back to a breakdown in a relationship or an issue in a relationship. Yeah. Um, I guess that could be work as well as love as well. Yeah. Completely. Um, yeah. But I just think relationships are the cornerstone of everything that we do. You know, we come into this world physically joined to another human being. So that is our template, really. We're always going to be in relation to others, but we're not born knowing how to do it. And therefore, a lot of what we learn is through copying what our parents do and mm. maybe sometimes looking at what they do and making a decision for ourselves that that probably wasn't right. But that's obviously comes a bit later in life. And then also our relationships with other people like our siblings or maybe teachers at school, our peer group in general. So all of that informs who we are going forward. And then we become a grown up and we expect, we're expected to know, to everything, know everything about love and everything about sex. <laughs> and we're assumed that we know everything. Uh, and we imagine that everyone else knows everything and we're the only ones that don't so it can produce quite a lot of angst so lucy what you were just saying then um having a relationship say with your teacher or your parents and learning from them that's so important so i think it's really important to have a good mentor in life you're learning good yeah. skills good relationship skills and also i think when you're in a relationship with a bad relationship how much that can affect you so is it, is it good to seek out for a good mentor oh hugely uh, a lot of people think about that in the workplace but actually you probably should be doing that throughout your life we do healthy it actually, relationships uh, in love almost unconsciously when we are starting to separate from our parents mm. we do almost instinctively cast around for other people it might be someone in the public eye you know you sort of look at what Taylor Swift might be doing or some you know really famous athlete and think well, I, I like their work ethic or 
I really like their style mm. or whatever it might be. And then as you go a bit older, it might be about love. You might actually encounter people who you think are doing relationships way better than other people you've known. I was going to say, because you look at people, you know, like I always grew up looking at, say, some of my friends' parents, if they had a lovely, healthy um I think, though, we've got to always be mindful that we always present the best versions of ourselves, don't we? Yeah. But I was going to ask, Lucy, <clears throat> do you think that different generations have got different attitudes towards relationships? And so, for example... The way my parents might have done things um, could have informed the way that I went on to do things. But as generations go on, does, does, has that changed? Hugely. And I think what we're seeing now is the most incredible shift. And what seems to be happening is that generations are... are doing their relationships in a completely different way. They're finding out a lot of information online through TikTok, through Snapchat, through Instagram. As a result, they're getting a lot of information from Brazil, from the States, from Singapore, from Switzerland, because they're seeing how other generation Zers are wow. doing it around the world. Is this they're a not good looking thing? at their parents. They're not looking at the peer group or the age group <clears> above <throat> them, but they're doing... And is it a good thing? Well... It's really interesting because I guess, you know, your parents could expect to live to be maybe 70 or 80, mm. maybe 90. The Generation Z, they could be living to 120. Yeah. So if you meet someone in your 20s, which a lot of us do. Gosh, that's, you a, could that's a long time, isn't it? You could be with someone for 100 years. That's why. And you are going to change. They're going to change. Mm. How do you establish that relationship? So a lot of Gen Zers, they don't want to be in a relationship early mm. on. They'd... They kind of want the connection. They definitely want the connection, but they don't necessarily want the commitment. Whereas maybe your parents' generation were like, okay, well, I, I, I want to have sex, so I'm probably going to have to get married to that person yeah. because yeah. That, that's actually what happened to the generation ahead of me. There, there was no contraception. There was no sense of yeah. um, having sex before marriage. If you wanted to have sex, you got married to someone. What basis of a relationship is that? You don't know each other very mm, well. You only yeah. know a little window of them. Whereas now people mm. are, be, are almost going the other way and saying, I need to know everything about this person. I need to know everything about myself as well. I you actually just answered so the question better. I was going to next ask was, do you think it could be a little bit damaging, getting all this information, not actually experiencing it yourself, as opposed to just really going with how you feel? Yeah, I think I think you definitely need to reflect. And, you know, the... Un Does this as, work for me? I think it was Sartre who said, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. You do really have mm. to know yourself well enough to make good choices for yourself. And it isn't enough to be able to say, well, this is what my sister did and this is what my colleague did and this is what that famous celebrity did. What works for you? Because yeah. we all bring our own history. We all bring our own baggage. We all perhaps bring our own attachment styles. I'm sure maybe you've talked about this on your podcast before, this idea that some people are very anxious, some people are very avoidant, some people are anxious avoidant, um, yeah. that actually when you get together... You're, you're, you're now two people. You, a couple creates the couple. And you need to be able to, to navigate that mm. in the moment, irrespective of what you read in that, uh, yes, that relationship book or the, on, listened to on that TED Talk or what that I suppose it's that knowledge, said. isn't it? Like when you read, you have that knowledge, whether you use it in that particular moment. Yeah, well, or, how does this yeah. speak to me? Exactly. Yeah. I, I just think this is fascinating and I, I could talk about this for hours literally I do <laughs> no, well, actually, <laughs> That's my this life. could be a really long day this could be the longest podcast yet guys yeah. um, I just think it's fascinating and I think um, obviously you know technology and, and the way the world has progressed is is obviously having quite a big impact on that um, and and we just touched on this just chatting before we mm. we started recording it's that um, 
showing your best version of yourself. We often do that right at the beginning of a relationship. And I had this conversation with a, a girlfriend of mine the other day and she said her partner was like, swear you weren't this much of a psycho when I first met you. And I was like, no, because we just... That's all... what you brought up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the other thing, isn't it? What, or do we, were we just hiding the crank until yeah. they were you too far hide, in? Yes, exactly. Or were we hiding that well, things side trigger. of our feels? They either trigger yeah. us or actually we were a bit nervous about showing that full self. Yeah. But actually yeah. what you really want is to be loved by someone in the round. But sometimes you sense that those things about you are not acceptable. Perhaps maybe someone in your family has already said or you're too much or you're yeah. not enough yeah. those awful limiting beliefs that really hijack and sabotage our relationships do get triggered by the other person yeah. and and it is about after you've had that amazing honeymoon period I mean it's called a honeymoon period for a reason because yeah. it's just so bubbly and really really beautiful and you get the butterflies and the sex is fantastic so what do you then do when real life intervenes and you have to go to the supermarket and someone's parent is ill or the work crisis blows up or you, there are just so many ways that you could show is there a actually a manual that can yourself. teach you all this <laughs> oh, of course my book yeah. relationships at home work and play uh, which is one of the reasons why I wrote it because yeah. I think there are so many different moments in life where good relationships get slightly derailed. And actually my TED Talk was also largely about how do you stop your relationship getting derailed? How do you stop it getting into those ruts? Well, we're going to talk about your TED Talk and infidelity in a little bit, but we're going to have a little look at what's been in the press this week. Yes. As we always do. So, Lucy, we normally take a few subjects that have been hot in the press this week and then we give our bit of take on it. So, the first one is quite apt because um, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, Lisa's on dry January <laughs> at the moment. I like to call her my dry friend while she's on dry Jan. <laughs> I'm coming back soon, don't worry. <laughs> Two more weeks. However, according to uh, an article in the Daily Mail, dry January doesn't work. Well, it's a uh, matter of opinion. You're living well, it, so what do you think? Well, go on, Mel. I'll let you well, I'll tell you first. why. That there, there was a doctor who commented and said mm. it's almost a bit like a crash diet, right? And, and you Which and I, I, I tend to agree. You and I have done millions of these yeah. over the years. Um, you overindulge, be it food, be it partying, be it drinking, whatever. And then you go, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to take a X amount of time off. And then and, and then you do at the end of that month, you feel great, but you're almost on the countdown to when can I start drinking again? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's about longer term goals and plans as opposed to going, I'm not going to drink for the whole of January. Um and then when it comes to Feb, hey, I'm back. Well, this is the thing. They talk about, you know, dry January. It's just for that month because people really think they've overconsumed in December, uh, which is true. For me, I've done dry January and I've also done no sugar and <laughs> different, I know, but it, I always do it in January. It resets me. It gets my mind straight. Um, I go out for lots of nice long walks. Um, I also have to do my tax return in January. Yeah, I see, need that, all my brain cells. Well, so reminder. I always do. And I kind of like, if I've got any... That would drive me to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and if I've got any tariffs to change, I kind of get my head around. January for me is the month to clean out the cupboard, to do everything. So it works hand in hand. Um, I do agree with... Um, Cutting down your consumption of alcohol throughout the year is much healthier than just doing a month. <laughs> Lucy's actually laughing. You can't see her right. Well, you can. <laughs> if, you, if you go on and watch us. But um, so, again, it works for the individual. Like for I me, agree. again, I've said I'm going to do it and I do the no sugar. I've lost 
half a stone. I'm feeling very happy with myself. Well done, Lisa. That's amazing. <laughs> and I feel, you know, I feel great. So, and I get all my work done, which therefore allows me to move on with the year in... In a better space. In a, in a better space. And I kind of set up my goals um, lightly. You know, what are these, the things I want to achieve this year? It's not like kind of your New Year's resolutions. It's kind of goals to set out for the year, which I, I tend to, you know, achieve whether it's in the first few months or in the summer, it depends. But that's by the end of the year, you know. Yeah. So kind of like loosely, but it, like I said, it works for me. Yeah. And it's not for everybody, but I love it. And I do do the no sugar as well. I do everything. So and by I the mean, end of it, I feel great. I, 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 I you know, I take but the But I do want it to run into February. Most years, like you said, Mel, you kind of right at the end, you're like, give me that bottle. But. I'm kind of actually determined, I think for the first time, actually, that I'm going to actually take it into February. So we'll see. Well, if I, I know where we can get some sugar-free wine, so that's fine. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying dry, Feb, but... Um, Look, uh, Lucy, what's your thoughts on dry Jan and things? Well, I'm really like impressed, actually, because it Thank sounds you. like it's something that you do every year. So it's not yeah. like it's a whim. It's actually part of your structure. Yeah. And I rather like that. And I like the fact that you include sugar as well, because I think, well, alcohol is just basically sugar. Yeah. The problem is that the only person I knew who used to do it would do it partly to prove that they didn't have a drink problem. Yeah. And I used to think, well, this kind of, to me, proves that you do. Do, yeah. Because yeah. as soon as it gets to... Uh, February, And then there would always be these little lapses, you know, there'd be some event towards the end of January that would um, make this person, they saying, oh, well, I'll just have a drink at this one. Oh, but I still don't have a drink problem. Yeah. And I think my worry is that it is a bit cold turkey and that it's all or nothing. And life can't be really all or nothing. Balance is so much better. And, and I think I the idea that you could have something... And in moderation throughout the year, which would maybe keep your weight stable or keep your blood sugar level stable or keep your mental health stable would for me be preferable. I love the, but I think because it works for you, I, I bow to your greater knowledge. You know what though, to be honest, it's like I have my sister, my mum, my brother-in-law and my daughter's birthday all in January as well. Mm. So my daughter's birthday is kind of at the end. So I do kind of tend to have a little drink around that time. But I totally agree. It's, it is better to kind of balance it out throughout the year. I think the, the problem think with it is that it, it creates, for a lot of people, it creates this enormous mountain. And yes. it's that idea of, actually, if I say to myself at the beginning of the year, I want to find the love of my life within the first week, or if I want to find the perfect job within the first week, yeah. I'm going to lose two stone. Yeah. I, that's just never It's all happen. too overwhelming. It's too much. So actually, and as a yeah. result, you're going to fall off the wagon or whatever it is. Your gym membership mm. will lapse. You'll, you know, delete the dating app or whatever it is because you're feel so disappointed My now you gosh. have made it work for you yeah. so you actually need to reinvent yourself as a life coach I think, <laughs> a dry January I've coach. actually studied doing that so I, I was just gonna say I think you hit the nail on the head there mm. because I'm very much one of those people I'll go right that's it I hated the way I look in that photograph so I'm gonna go on a crash diet I'm not eating any carbs I'm gonna go running four times a week I buy all the gear and then when I get on the scales at the end of the week and I haven't lost a stone and I can't run run very far <laughs> then it just all goes out the window and I give up or I'll just do it to excess I'll run every day for four days I'll be crippled by the end of it because I haven't worked any of these muscles and then I'm like oh I just can't do this it's all too hard it's too much do you much. know what I think it's really difficult isn't it because I've worked in a mental hospital that has mm. an alcohol and uh, drug addiction unit and when you're working with people like that who have a very different class of problem basically you're saying to these people if you don't stop drinking now um, you will die 
or yeah. you, you know your life will be severely compromised and it's that shock value that can really help people say okay well I, I am actually never going to do this again maybe someone has a stroke maybe someone someone's relationship yeah. breaks down and that gives them enough of a motivation but if you're just dealing with an ordinary um, alcohol consumption or an ordinary mm. sugar consumption, then actually it can be really hard to put all those building blocks in yeah. place. Do you know what, Lucy, you hit the nail on the head though, because for me, I think, again, we, we've touched on this before in our other podcast. I'm at a kind of a certain age. I've put on a bit of weight. I had a knee operation. Um, I tore my meniscus early last year. I've got to actually have a, another one in March. So I think for me, again, what's driving me forward is is the fact that I want to get this weight off. Yeah. And like, mo fitness. most people will say, at least you're not big. But for me... No, but you're not the size you want to be. Uh, exactly. And that's the whole thing. And where I feel comfortable. So I'm de that, that gives me so much more determination. Don't you find, actually, this is completely off topic, but when people say, oh, you don't need to lose weight, what they really say is, oh, please don't threaten me with your weight loss because it makes me feel really bad <laughs> that I yeah. haven't been so, able to do so the true. thing. True. So it's please don't so listen. Not with everybody, I might add. But, um, but yeah. No, but there will be one or two people. But that's why you've got to really listen to what's going on in your own mind. That's right. And how you feel, how you feel in your clothes. And confidence is everything. It's the most attractive quality in a <laughs> Person, I, I think it's it? been funny for me over the last uh, couple of months. And again, I'm going off topic again, but I don't know whether it's being at a certain age in my life. I don't know if it's menopause, but actually um, everything I seem to be doing in much more moderation than I used to. And it's been quite a natural thing. It hasn't mm -hmm. felt forced. And because it's been quite Which natural, great, isn't it? I've found it much easier. I think like you said, it feels like a really big mountain to climb, but because I do that thing where I go... Well, I don't, why am I doing this to myself? I'm, I don't really need to prove it to anyone. If I want a glass of wine, I'm going to have a glass of wine. And then you get into that mindset where you talk yourself out of it. But the, the, the it's felt much more natural for me to do things. I just I can't do it older, as much you, as I used to. I'm more tired. I enjoy my quiet time. I enjoy yeah, just early nights and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, enough about Dry Jan. Yes. Okay. Well, from Dry Jan, we're going to mm. uh, sex as we always do. Welcome to my book. <laughs> um, so there was another article in the Times uh, this week that said, Catherine Ryan, fabulous comedian. I love her. I love Catherine Ryan. She's brilliant. Um, she had she an interview well. where she says she has sex twice a month. Um, and I don't know whether that people would find that shocking for, she's now she's a mother of young children. So uh, also obviously uh, a very successful career. Um, and actually within the same article, they went back to some stats where they'd run a survey on what women think men, how, how often they think men has sex every month. And, you know. Well, shock us. No, I think they, they said, you know, it's something like they thought they were having sex 14, 15 times a month, which twice a week. Okay. But the men, interestingly, thought the women were at it like rabbits. <laughs> and they were having all the sex all the time. So I guess it's just about, you know, what... I don't think you can call anything normal. It's what works for you, right? I and think going to them, like... I mean, I've watched Catherine quite a lot. She's very busy. She's got three children. I think, I don't know, is it is it she's tired? I mean, twice twice a month. I wonder if she felt she had to say anything. Yeah. That's something I don't understand because the, you're absolutely right. A lot of people imagine that everyone else is having way more sex and way, way and much I think, I think better people, sex than yes, everyone else. I think yeah. people make out that they're having more and it's, better but sex. But it's like everybody, again, it's that thing of, 
people showing the best sides of themselves, yeah. like doing it for the gram. Everybody's well, also, showing that. And you see it on, you see it in movies, you see it even in sort of really quite good dramas now. The yeah. sex is really authentic and it feels very um, well thought through. It feels very um, relatable. But at the Can same I just time, say, as an, a lot. an actress that's been had to do a couple of bedroom scenes, it is anything but. <laughs> that's true it's very it's the most and there is the pillow yes. and there is your foot and then yeah. I'm going to put my arm here and then you'll roll towards that way and then oh can and you see and camera my... angles are just good and you get there very quickly but you're like and you yeah <laughs> is my back fat showing is anything but that but you're right it looks amazing yeah so we look at that and we're very imitative creatures human mm. beings we learn about the world by copying other people so we look at that and we think oh but that hasn't happened to me I haven't had I haven't had someone push me against the wall I haven't had an orgasm within you know 30 seconds or whatever so people do think I must be doing it wrong and that's where conversations become so important when you're in a relationship to be able to talk about what you love what you don't love Mm. and also masturbation being so critical because then you work out what works for you what do you like where do you like to be touched how long what kind of rhythm what kind of pressure that if you know all of that information you can then translate that to your partner partner, whatever your sexual orientation is and be able to say and also what works for you what would you like me to do for you what is Mm. it that turns you on I I love the idea that couples could have relationship audits every year uh, to talk about these sorts of things to talk about lots of other things as well <gasps> but there the are so many people in the morning yes, <laughs> yes exactly well actually maybe not then yeah. um, actually I think it needs to be I think it does need to be over a meal or on a mm. really long walk where you've got lots of lovely time to talk about it not don't have that conversation as you're looking for a parking space in Sainsbury's yeah. it's, it's not going to work then but this idea that if you quite happy to have someone's penis in your vagina or or love penetrative sex in any way but you don't want to have a conversation about it I've never quite understood no you're so right and there are a lot of people who are in relationships with someone who maybe blocks that conversation yeah who's uncomfortable yeah maybe they just feel comfortable and the lights are down under the covers that kind of thing as opposed to to for someone to be face to face and you can actually see their reaction and also can we talk about it um as opposed to just being swept away in the moment can we actually talk about it it as a topic I think some people find that very intimidating because I think in the movies you do see as well like um that quick like up against the wall him lifting the girl up and it's like it's all over in 10 seconds but then after that 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 moment of heat passion then after they can barely look at each other and it's like see you later do you, I, do you know what I just found interesting was the fact that you called it an audit and I think that's so amazing because we do that in so so many other areas of our lives, mm. but we don't tend to think about that with relationships. You know, at the end of every year in a business, you might do a, a, a review of the year. What's worked? What hasn't worked? Mm. What do we need to do? How do we need to up our game? What can we learn from? And we do that in lots of aspects of our life. When we're looking at our home, is it time to redecorate? Is that a bit tired? The most important thing in our lives are relationships. So why don't we do that? Well, I think it is just that having those conversations feels so vulnerable mm. that actually, again, the, the amusing thing is that you're quite happy to have penetrative sex or, yeah. or lick yeah. someone or do all yeah. sorts of things in all sorts of settings, but you don't want to have a conversation about it. What is that about? That's wild. And yeah. I find that very sad that actually if you're in a relationship <clears> with someone who isn't prepared to meet you halfway and have those conversations, that's, a, that's quite a lonely place to be. That's yes, just blown it's, my it's, mind yeah. a little bit. It's very true, isn't Thank it? Thank you, Lucy. Lisa, I know <laughs> you yeah. both made a mental list to have a conversation <laughs> yeah. tonight. I, I was like, I'm just going to Could you just text me how it goes? Thank yeah. you. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. I'm not going in to put relationship audit into the, uh, into the, the diary, calendar. the family calendar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
how many times a year. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I love it. Annually. I think it's a great idea. I noticed how we never actually decided whether Catherine Ryan's 20... Oh, yes, that's whatever true. Whatever it was. What was it, twice a week? So tw- No, twice yeah. a month. So Sorry, it's twice like, a month, 24 times a year. Did, does, that, does that depend on, A, where you're at in your relationship, how long you've been together, um, other circumstances like busy careers, yeah. children, being tired? Mm. Does that... Is there any average? I was going to say, what in your experience from talking to people, what what is the average? Well, this is an exclusive for your podcast. <gasps> oh! There is no average. <laughs> it's it's what works for you, yeah. again, in the relationship. Yeah. Because so many other things happen. You know, yeah. you think you've got this on-track relationship and you're having sex, that in, uh, your libidos are in sync and mm. you have sex the right amount of times a week. And then something happens. Maybe you get pregnant. Maybe one of your parents dies. Maybe one yeah. of you is made redundant. Maybe you decide that you're going to go off on holiday and one of you gets food poisoning and you don't have sex for the whole holiday. There are so many things that derail that and disrupt it. But again, it's also about what works for you. And I think that's why the audit is so important. It's like, but are are you happy with this? Are you happy with this level? Mm. Because I am, I'm not. Mm. Um, So, uh, you know what? That takes us on nicely to to the next topic I'd like to talk about, which is Kyle Walker, um, a man you star. He's been in the papers and quite a lot recently for his infidelity. And we're going to talk, obviously, about your TED talk in a moment. so he's fathered a second child with um, the reality star um, Lauren Goodman. Now, obviously, they're both high-profile people. It's out there. How did he think, first of all, he was going to get away with it? Um, and finally, I think this has happened before because she's actually given him the boot at the moment. Whether that's well, like long-term or not, we don't know. Um, but I think I believe that she's asked him to move out of their 2.4 million mansion. Um, and he he was on Twitter, I believe, just saying how amazing his wife, um, Annie Kilner, is and just to give her some space and that. So, I mean, let's talk about the infidelity, especially like for someone like him. What, what's your take on it? Can a relationship recover from infidelity? Relationships can definitely recover. Yeah. I mean, that is actually the, t- the TED Talk. The title is Infidelity to Stay or Go. And people always assume that if they did discover that infidelity had rocked their relationship, that they would, you'd be out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Because this no is it. It's asked. the boundaries of what someone's prepared to put up with. And you've also got to... I mean, there's people that will cheat on a partner numerous amounts of times. And it's. I think you've got to look at it the other way around would you accept it in your life if if that partner did it you see i don't think it's that straightforward because i think a okay. lot of people do think mm. one strike on your ass not even two strikes yeah. or three strikes um but also different is that the relations- right way to think do you think uh so i well again i think relationships uh couples need to have those conversations so i had a friend for example who once said to her husband you know if you have a drunken fumble with someone at the office party tell me about it mm. and we will get through this you know if you have a if you have a 20 year affair we're not going to get through yeah this. yeah yeah so different relationships have different um parameters well, sorry, and just go back is- a little bit if a partner says that it, if you have a fumble with somebody at an office party is that not giving them the green light a little bit so here's the thing we are all human and mm. we and we all have needs and we all have mm. you know desires and as I said to you just now, that in your, if you're in a relationship and there are certain needs that aren't being met or, or whatever, and you don't really feel heard or validated, if an opportunity presents itself, there may be some people who would see that as a green light. But there are other people who would think, well, I would just never do that I've, because mm. I communicate with my partner and I make sure that we never get to that stage. But if you 
assume that something might happen, why would you not at least have conversations about it to make sure that it wouldn't necessarily mm. blow up the relationship? And I think if you were in a situation where somebody did do something which they were then hugely remorseful for and it really was a one-off and there was a lot of repair work that that happened, relationships can actually thrive. You can probably, my, my theory is you can have a better relationship after something like that even if you discover that there's been a, a longer affair, that actually it gives you that perfect opportunity to work out how did we, how did this relationship go off the rails? Because relationships, they get into grooves and they yeah. get into ruts. The, and you, you run the risk of actually a relationship, you, you sort of taking a lot of things for granted. And a, an, an affair shakes your world and it forces you to ask mm. do I like who I have become in this relationship and how can I change because even if your partner is is 99% responsible for the mess that you're now wading through you know Kyle mm. is out of the house and his wife is you know really trying to grapple with what she's gonna um, do next but but it, a couple creates the couple. It's not just one person. Yeah. Yeah. So how did she show up in this? This, this is sorry, not to to um, judge her in any way. I don't know her at all, and don't yeah. really know uh, what's been going on. But um, in in all relationships, yeah. What was he looking for, and where did he go, and why? What, what was he looking um, for that yeah. he what that wasn't being provided in that, that relationship, primary yeah. relationship? And and this uh, this is it. This is interesting actually because it's like. Does this go the whole hog to the court and they kind of thrash it out for, you know, his wealth, 24 million? Well, or do they sit down and actually have this conversation and say, like, you know... I did hear that they have the same publicist. So well, the third option is that they might have a reality TV show at the end. I was going to say, I think... And they're I, working it out, yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think sometimes people stay together as a result of an affair. Um I have been in a relationship before where we kind of broken up for a time and he had gone and dated someone else and it rocked me yeah. and it made me realise how much I wasn't ready to let that go. Um, and then, you and then we, re hard, we really fought for it. Um, I should have let him go at that time, really, <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> um, but if you look at people like um, David and Victoria Beckham, um, David allegedly had an affair many years ago and they rode it out and they seem to have a, a really, and you look at a really you know, solid marriage now, but you think then how did the most famous man in the world think he was not going to get caught yeah. at some point? That, no, but point the interesting about thing about that, Kyle. when you were watching the documentary of that, what I think a lot of people forget is that she chose to stay in England and he was in Spain, yeah. unable to speak Spanish. Yeah. And, this is not to excuse the infidelity it's to but it is to explain it that in that moment he obviously felt very lonely very vulnerable she'd made a choice to be in england where the children were being schooled which is a perfectly valid choice that many yeah. many parents yeah. make but I, I i state again when an affair rocks your world it is really important it, this isn't about blame at all it's just about saying how did i show up you know, did, was I distracted? Yeah. Did I was I always too busy with that latest PowerPoint presentation to actually attend to the? That's needs a really of my interesting partner? point as well, Lucy. And because we'll never know whether David and Victoria had that conversation and she took the responsibility for what happened in the relationship with staying in England. You don't know whether yeah. they had that conversation or whether the, the affair actually happened. So, but let's talk about your TED talk because I'm fascinated. Watched it, amazing. So, Thank just you. just um, tell some of our viewers um, 
all about it and how you speak about the infidelity and, and, also, and how you you believe that an affair can actually save a marriage. Congrats on the TED Talk as well, because, you know, th th that really is a, a, a milestone to say that you are absolutely <laughs> yeah, a, a, an expert in that field. So first and foremost, bravo. Well, that's very kind. I was very chuffed. Uh, a friend was um, had told me that there was a TED talk event happening and would I be interested and I remember thinking that this is a topic that I get you know if I was sitting mm. with girls like you who said you know what's the one topic that comes up more than any other and bearing in mind I've been working clinically for 20 years and I've dealt with all sorts of issues this is the thing that comes up the most and so I but 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 I think a lot of people do think, oh, well, if it happened to me, I'd be out the door. You would be yeah. out the door yeah. and that would be the yeah. end of it. And that's not it's, the reality. It's not as, it's not as it's, black and white, It's not that? as black and white. But yeah. you love these people. You might have children with them. You might have a social standing as a result of being married. I think They're that's the hardest when you've ways. got children, isn't it? And how you're going to split that family home up and where they're going to go and how it's going to affect the children, you know. so. But, but of course, the interesting thing about that is that children would much rather be in a happy, happy. environment Agree. rather than with yeah. parents. Who are around. That's it. They're the hard choices to make. Yeah, I yeah. think sometimes you're better off with two single parents, happy parents, than being with parents that are together and, and miserable. I can, you know, I can remember oh, well, going so, through I, I, my I, parents' I, divorce. I, in yeah. the end, I was like, guys, please just get it done. We'll all just be happy. Well, I left my relationship when my daughter was very young, and it was the best thing that I ever did. It was the hardest thing, but it was the yeah. best thing. So, um, yeah, just power to women or men that feel that they need to get out of a relationship for the sake yeah. of their happiness. And I think the happiness of their child. So. Oh, well, that's, that's, I'm glad you said that bit because um, obviously the talk, I would love people to watch it. I'm, just, I'm very, very um, humbled to say that over three million people have watched it. So that's <gasps> Wait a amazing. minute. Let's not just gloss over <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Lucy, because that's pretty I amazing. I got a message from a friend saying, <gasps> did you know? I know, it did me a it's little bit. me goosebumps. I was overseas and I just suddenly, I, I, yeah, I did burst into tears. I was so, because I That's had always amazing. wanted to imagine when I was writing the talk, I had this vision of somebody sitting at a computer in the middle of America crying just heartbroken what would they want to find out and the question they would probably be asking themselves is should I stay or should I go and yeah. that's the title of I'm the sure talk I'm sure there's a song uh, uh, yes let's do a song <laughs> yeah, as yeah. well maybe I should do a musical next um, Lucy that's incredible though yeah. to, to think that A you've reached that many people and like you said if it just shows what an interest there is as well and, and but just if there is one person who was in a moment of desperation that sat down and went oh God, that makes a little bit more sense yeah. to me or That's I can navigate this. That's the metric that will mean the most to me is that if other if people have watched it and have mm. really been helped by it, because it is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And if you discover it, it lives, or if it? you're the one that's been revealed as the mm. betrayer, then you know there's a whole cocktail of stuff that's going to start to swirl around. And, and yet I maintain... And this is what I wanted to say, apropos mm. of what you'd said about um, leaving your partner when your child was small. I do believe that relationships can thrive and they can be better unless totally you discover that actually this is a serial thing. And at which point you yeah. have my permission to get the hell out of yeah, there as yeah. quickly as possible. And I think that's the really key thing. I mean, um, you know, to, I knew of someone who was in a relationship with someone where they, yeah, they did try a couple of times. They split up, then they got back together, they split up. But eventually they the person said, "I, you know, this just isn't really healthy enough for me. And that person 
uh, walked away and their partner moved in with someone else five weeks later. So <gasps> wow. in a way, yeah. that did almost validate everything that they yeah. felt about needing to, as you said, this is the healthiest thing that I can do for myself. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like... And again, agreeing with what you said, sometimes I feel like you want to know that you've tried everything. And because, you know, you Absolutely. go, you know, well, Mel, that's like, that, Mel, that was that's so interesting. That's exactly how I felt. I stayed probably for a little bit longer than I should have. Yeah. And that's what and you said about your situation. Yeah. Yes. So the, the, the yeah. two of you. Yeah. And I, I think I would say a similar thing in the situation that I was in, that it, you, you want to be able to say to yourself, I gave it my all everything I absolutely but the last thing I think a parent all. ever wants to do whether it's the mother or the father is to walk out on a relationship without having tried you yeah. know but it does come down to the happiness you know in some cases the safety of whatever it might be for you know for either parent or the child so you have to make but, that decision and it is very and interesting it about hard. children because um and I'm sure because you ha you are parents and you love your children the problem is actually it is more about you ultimately you have to be selfish yeah. and it's like those airline videos where they say you know you must put your oxygen mask must on first. first if you look at those videos they are always parents and children because yeah. they are trying to remind you that in the moment where you think you would actually do it for your child first no no we really need you to pay attention to the fact you must put it on yourself yeah, yeah. You and, and therefore you first. need to you have to be, to be in a great place yeah. to be able to give to your child yeah. um, so I think that's the moment where you're entitled to be a bit self-ish and also I think you, know, you need to think about also sorry lastly is is what circling back to what we started with you're showing your child who is going to learn yeah, uh, behaviour from you as a parent so sometimes making that difficult decision is actually saying no this is how I feel and this is what I will accept and these are my boundaries and you're showing that to a child and that can be really healthy and I think just to take that analogy a little bit further what I felt was that the choices I made were ma I was making them for my inner child I was finally showing my inner child that I was listening to her that I was holding her hand <gasps> through the scary yeah. moments <laughs> to be able to say but we can do this together Actually, oh god that really fine yeah that, that, that the inner me. child stuff gets me every time i yeah. there was a tiktok i watched once and i'm do you know what I'm, we're gonna have to move on no 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 we're not <laughs> no we're not we're gonna we've talk about my inner child i just want to say it's the the inner child stuff is probably one of the most emotional things um and, and it, it, it actually touches on every single topic that you girls have brilliantly brought to the table today. Because oh, even the dry you. January thing yeah. is about what am I doing for myself? Yeah. My relationship with myself is really important. It's all about this self-love really and self-care, self isn't it? So obviously you're a broadcaster, um, a psychotherapist and a regular on TV. She was on this um, Good Morning Britain and there was a study about... Um, having an affair can actually save your marriage. And I think it was on illicit encounters. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. It, obviously, counterintuitively, everyone assumes that if uh, an affair is discovered in a relationship, mm. that's just the end of it for, for all parties. And the majority of people, they're not on these sites in order to blow up their primary relationship. They're actually there to try to get different needs met. And what they're rather hoping is that that getting those needs met enables them to show up as a better partner, as a better 
parent, perhaps, because they're more tolerant. They're out there looking for help. They're, they're looking for self-soothing. They're looking right. for maybe validation, maybe feeling heard. You know, the number of times we're in a relationship with someone and the more the time goes on, you don't feel heard. You don't feel appreciated. You do all this stuff and nobody notices. And sometimes that is what throws you into an affair. But it's not necessarily because you want to end the relationship, for sure. There is probably a very small percentage of people who don't want to be in the marriage uh, or the long-term relationship or whatever it might be and they're just too scared to blow it up and therefore yeah. they do something unconsciously to sabotage it. But the majority of people, they're not seeking to blow up their prime relationship. They just want to be a better version of themselves. Very quickly, can we get everything we need from one person? Well, that is a brilliant question. Yeah. That kind of takes us back to what we were talking about right at the beginning about the Gen Zers, because I think they've worked out that you can't, that actually it, you can definitely be with someone who makes you laugh, who turns you on, who maybe provides financially, who you love going out for dinner with or going swimming with or whatever it might be. But the key is to not be resentful of the things that they can't provide. And that's what your friends are there for. And maybe that's occasionally what your colleagues are there for. Maybe some of the intellectual stimulation or maybe the the excitement that actually to it, to put that pressure on the other person. And imagine it twisted around mm. how you would feel if they kept saying, I can't believe that you don't understand about football. Sorry, that's very sexist because obviously a lot of women know a lot yeah, about yeah, football, yeah. but I'm not one of them. Um, but, you know, there could be people who say, oh, I can't believe that you don't, I can't talk to you about, you know, the offside rule. I can't talk to you mm. about what happens in Peru. I can't Th- talk to you. Also- so kind of go into the fact of if someone doesn't want you doing something or someone wants you doing something you know in the sense of like um I don't want you going up with your friends all the time or um I don't want you going to watch the football you know does that does that come into the kind of relationship that's horrendous that sounds like um an abuse of some kind of power battle I mean any if if you're in a relationship with someone who's starting to control who you see but also it can be really subtle it can be around money it can be around the idea that um oh you know that's what i mean even if it comes down to money like why are you spending so much why are you doing my money you know my money is your money that's great how much is that sorry how much have you just spent on that yeah that's the moment at which you realize that someone is actually ever so subtly trying to control you so no and this idea that we can change people that's the i think that's the problem that goes i think when you meet somebody you've got to accept whether yes. it's good or bad, and then make that decision to go. And the problem that is, we never do that. We, you know, we yeah. get into a relationship. We don't know very much about them. The same as will be happening here right mm. now between the three of us. Well, not yeah. the, you two know each other really well, but you don't know me. I don't know you. But we've we've bonded enough to think they must be brilliant and perfect in all sorts of ways. So I can see us being friends for like twenty five years. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You might be thinking the same about me. Um, but that's just not. How oh no, we're not letting be. you go, Lucy. <laughs> like we we've met you now. And now we're 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 <laughs> I just have to say, I have to live. In your yeah. kitchen now forever. <laughs> it's a nice kitchen. I've yes, <laughs> really yes, nice yes, kitchen. yes, very yeah, yeah. nice kitchen. Very okay. open plan. All I'm good. I um just had a bit of a, a penny drop moment then, like it was a bit of a revelation. You're absolutely right. We have different relationships for different things. Mm-hmm. And I think we do naturally try and get so much from that one relationship or the, you know, like your partner relationship in your life. And you're right. I don't need Ashley for everything but because I'll talk you to should, you about things or I'll yeah, but I share do think with other people. You definitely. And I think that's where the pandemic and lockdowns mm. were so debilitating. Yes. That you couldn't go to the office. You couldn't meet your friends in the bar or, or you know, hang out, bell mm. ringing or cake 
baking or whatever it was that you do with other people. You couldn't have those inconsequential chats at the school gate. You couldn't have the inconsequential chats with someone you might meet on the tube. It just, you, you had no extra energy or oxygen coming into your relationships at all. And that was really dangerous. Although, ironically, some research came out only last week. I think it was from YouGov. And it showed that in the um, 18 to 30 age group, again, which is Gen Z, mm. they preferred lockdown. They would they? actually prefer to go back to lockdown and a restricted life rather than this slightly Why scary do you think that thing. Because I think it's very scary to interact wow. with other people, to commute, to go into the office or the workplace yeah. and to have to deal with other people. And that goes back to what we were talking about in terms of yeah. relationships and the baggage that we bring. Mm. We long to connect and we want to be in really great relationships with people. Oh, but they're not us. We've actually got to cope with the idea that they are not us. They yeah. have a different agenda have a different history, they have a different attachment style maybe, or they have a different vision for how this relationship will work. Do they want lots of, do they want to text me all every day? Do they want to text me only every other day or once a week? You know, so all true. of those little it's things so true. that we're constantly yeah. trying to navigate. And and uh, it's just really hard. And that's a big battle, isn't it? That's yeah, it really is. Why can't everyone be just like me? Exactly. <laughs> I want to say. We, I think everybody asks that question to themselves, don't they? You know, not, not, selfishly but it's kind of like why can't you be more like me why don't you think more like how i think but hmm that's why there is that great (laughs) no that's why you have that great phrase of you know put yourself in someone else's shoes but actually it is important to recognize that your friends might be going through a bit of an issue or trauma your partner might be your kids might be this is where parenting is so illuminating it's Mm. like that they are going through stuff Mm -hmm. shall we um should we move on should we love line it yes let's do it and let's actually get lucy's take on love line this week yeah so we ready for this, girls? Yes. Okay, so somebody's wrote in to us saying, Hi, girls, I'm knee-deep in a relationship drama. Now, I don't know whether this is um, a lady or a man actually writing. So it could be either. That. Yeah, so we have to bear that in mind. So my partner and I are dealing with not one, not two, but multiple instances of cheating. I've, I'm feeling very lost, and I'm not even sure where to begin. Every time I fi- find out about another betrayal, it's like a punch in the gut. I'm stuck between wanting to save what's left of us and the nagging feeling that I might be deluding myself. How on earth do you do you bounce back from repeated infidelity? Can trust even be rebuilt after it's been shattered multiple times? It feels like we're caught in a never-ending cycle and I'm seriously questioning whether it's worth it. This is an emotional roller coaster. And that sounds horrendous. Awful, doesn't, doesn't it? It's really, really hard. The thing is, the, the fact that it's numerous times, again... It, we were talking earlier a little bit about this boundaries and what you're prepared to put up with mm. and would you have that if that if I mean, sorry would they put up with it if you was doing it to them what's your take and also if you heard that that was happening to your friend you know what what yeah. would this what would person be your who's written be? in say to their friend and yeah. I think it is about boundaries but it's also about self-respect yeah. and self-worth so there is that famous phrase you know um Hurt me once, more fool you. Hurt me twice, yeah. more fool me. Yeah. yeah, and I think you are very entitled when uh, when infidelity rocks your world to to try to make it work. Mm. But if it but, but it only works, and this is what you kind of find out in my TED talk is it only works if both parties are working at it. Yeah, and almost by definition, page, if someone if the betrayer mm. has said yes, I will work at this. I you know I love you. I never want us to break up. I will prove to you to my dying day that I love you. Oh, but I've just done it again yeah that's the moment at which you really do get to call them out and say but well, i thought you were going to be doing this thing yeah. i thought you were going to be i thought we were going to be a team yeah. rebuilding this marriage or this relationship 
And that's the moment at which I think you have to start to make slightly different choices. Yeah. And if it's happening Definitely multiple, it's multiple times, times, I think once. But the problem yeah. is with that, and when they talk about it being a sort of punch to the gut, imagine if you were in a boxing ring and that punch mm. to the gut was happening every round. Once, By yeah. round 10, yeah. you are on the floor. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment at which the rest of us are saying, well, I think it's all pretty obvious, you just need to walk away. Yeah. They're saying, but I'm on the floor. Yeah. I can't walk away yeah. because yeah, I can't even get yeah. up off the floor. That's so true. So there is going to be this, what this person needs to do is that they need to get some support around them in place super quickly yeah. to enable them to make the next right, move. Yeah. So what that's... I was going to say about if they've done it once, that was your choice, I guess, whatever the reason might be to forgive um, the partner. But I think twice... Three times, and, and it sounds like it's happened a lot, probably a lot more. I, th I think I mean, for that, me, that, like you said, it's self respect. How for me, it would, it would feel like actually, you're just starting to take the mickey out of me now, and, yeah. and actually, you're not taking this seriously. And you just think that I'll forgive you again so you can get away with it again. That's really hard, though, isn't it? Because if you love mm. someone, to actually it's confront to the away. idea that yeah. they might be taking the mickey out of you, yeah. that actually, they are taking the piss, that this is something yeah. you fought for and really believed in and they're laughing at you and yeah this is again what this worse. what this person said i was gonna say later then but it could be uh, a male um am i deluding myself in the sense of like it's like right they, they've done it once but they really love me it was a mistake mm. is that delusional it's very no that's not no. delusional not at that point it yeah. isn't delusional because we always want to well my the preference best. is that you want to see the, see best, the best in people yeah, yeah absolutely say, there are definitely strategies that you can have whereby you can rebuild that relationship i absolutely believe it i put it in the ted talk and i work weekly with people around it's the wonderful world to hear that because there is see. a lot of hope out there for absolutely. relationships they've built and they uh, can for be better years or even less they have children or whatever there is hope that's my theory is, is that success. it can actually be better yeah. but there has to come a time where you do realise that your your kind of boundaries are being trodden on mm. all the time and that's the moment at which it has to be to go back to the inner yeah. child it's more about self-love and self-care what what would I what's the kindest thing I could do for myself right now yeah walk away how am I going to walk away I need some support around me and and to and to put that in place so it's not going to be necessarily overnight but I'm doing this for myself because I believe that I'm worthy of someone who does love me and respect me and treat me and doesn't um, and everybody me. should feel like that, shouldn't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. That's the main thing. Lucy, uh, thank you so yeah. much. This has been amazing. Um, where can people find you? Um, I've got a website, lucyberesford.com, and also I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, the Lucy Beresford one, Twitter. Lucy. Fantastic. And the TED Talk, I'm assuming we can find on YouTube. On YouTube. Yes. Right, well, that's me that's this evening. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, guys, well, I'm going to finish it because I watched half of it and it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, very enlightening. So definitely, Amazing. Yeah, Lucy, thank you so it. much for spending so much time with us and just giving us all of you your expertise. Yeah, um, it's been absolutely amazing. Guys, don't forget, if you are enjoying what you hear or see, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Uh, give us a review on any of the streaming platforms. Like we always say, make sure it's five stars. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you for very the next soon. episode. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.